Hey guys, welcome to the Fit Dad Lifestyle Podcast. The Fit Dad Lifestyle is a community and supplement brand where fathers support other fathers throughout the journey of fatherhood. We believe that maintaining a healthy lifestyle isn't about crash diets and the latest workout craze. Instead, we offer dads the education, resources, and support they need to maintain a balanced lifestyle long term. There aren't a lot of dedicated community groups for dads, and we know that men are generally less likely to talk about the challenges they face in life. So we wanted to go above and beyond the meal plans and quick fixes and offer a way for fathers to communicate in a helpful, negative-free environment. Whether it's supporting your partner when a new baby arrives, balancing work and the kids, or just fitting in time to get your health and fitness back on track. This podcast aims to inspire, motivate, and encourage you to be the best father that you can be and the leader that your kids want to see you be every day. It's brought to you by Fit Dad Fuel. Fit Dad Fuel is our supplement range. Our supplement range helps support this podcast, the workouts, the online education, and the amount of work that goes on behind the scenes to help keep everything as cost-free as possible for dads worldwide. Enjoy the episode. Here it is, guys. Hey, guys. Welcome to the Fit Dad Lifestyle Podcast, episode 119. So today, our guest is Ant Plater, Double Tap Podcast, former Special Forces soldier, personal trainer, and performance coach at the Canberra Raiders. So, mate, welcome to the show. Thanks, Leroy. I uh, really appreciate it, and it's an honor to, uh, to come on your uh, on the show. Mate, you're very welcome. Can you um, let the audience know a little bit more about yourself and um, how many kids you've got? Yeah, so um, people often ask me where you're from, and I'm always challenged by that question because I was born in central New South Wales in Griffith, but I didn't really live there. Um, you know, we moved to Sydney pretty quick, and my family travelled around. Uh, with, you know, I travelled around with my mum and dad. Uh, we did school by correspondence. So I guess in terms of where I'm from, I joined the army from Wollongong in New South Wales, so I sort of call that home. Um, but essentially at the moment, I guess my home is, is where my kids are, to be honest. Like... Um, so I uh, joined the army. Joined the army when I was seventeen, about two weeks after my seventeenth birthday. Uh, did twenty-seven years, um, seventeen within uh, special operations command here in Australia. Um, got into CrossFit or got into the fitness industry. Got into CrossFit and then coaching for about six years, and then uh, more recently uh, joined the high performance team with the Canberra Raiders. I've got um, this is a really challenging one. I've got I've been married twice. And engaged once, so it's 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 been a journey. So um, I've got a 25 year old daughter, uh, Brooke, who lives up in Harvey Bay with her um, son Finn. Um, so I'm a granddad, pretty much. <laughs> and then I've got um, my two kids, uh, Casey, who's 18, and Tane, who's uh, 16. They live here in Canberra um, with their mum. Yeah, fantastic, mate. And um, I obviously. You know, I, I've got the military background as well. Spent six years uh, in the army. Yeah, absolutely. Um, before before I got out, and having kids, I guess that are at that older age group and spending twenty seven years in the military. How did you find that whole family life, and especially in the, I guess, such a high demanding role as you know what the the special forces guys yeah. have to go through, and the and the tempo with all the deployments and stuff. Yeah, it's extremely challenging and it's almost like, um, you know, in, in that role of being uh, within So Command, you make a lot of family sacrifices. Like, um, you know, it, it's 
very, very, very challenging. Like you've got to pretty much put your job first and, you know, multiple deployments within a short time back in Australia, you know, maintaining family relationships um, is super challenging. Probably one of the, the challenges. And I look back on it now uh, in retrospect and, you know, there's things I probably would have changed for sure. Um, but I, I, I guess, yeah, super challenging uh, in terms of, and my kids were pretty young. Um, however, you know, that had its complications as well in terms of, you know, it was almost, you know, we talk about having to show identification when you come home through the door because um, I'd spent so much time away. My kids were like six and four. Uh, Brooke was a little bit older, but, you know, she was living up, up north. So she wasn't as much affected by, I guess, the operational side of it. Um, but, yeah, Casey and Tane, you know, they were challenged. And I guess the other part in the aspect is, um, you know, two commando regiment, the unit I served in, we suffered, uh, you know, a pretty heavy toll from Afghanistan in terms of death. Uh, so lads, uh, obviously not coming home. And I look back now and, um, you know, going to funerals and, um, you know, close friends of mine and, you know, the kids being with me and, and my ex-wife being with me, the toll that took on them, like exposing them early to death and dying and, and what war fighting was and what Australian soldiers were doing overseas because they'd see it on the news and like, you know, that's that. Um, but then they slowly made that connection um, back to it. I mean, and, they, and as I said, they're 18 and 16 now and they still talk about those times where, you know, extremely emotional. I guess there was... Um, you know, they were challenged in terms of, you know, being a four and six-year-old, their brain development and what their perception of, you know, what dad was going through, uh, you know, not only going but coming home and then prior to, you know, going as well. So, yeah, it was it was a super challenging time uh, in, in my career and my life for sure. Yeah, and with um, everything that you've been through and your, your kids have been through, at, at that age of 16, 18, I, th I think you said, is that something the military that you're pushing them towards or they want to join, you know, based upon what they've witnessed, you know, your, your career be like? Um, well, my daughter's recently started at uh, Canberra Uni um, teaching, so she's pretty tough. She, she was offered an internship with um, Defence Housing, um, yeah. which she was going to take up, um, which I thought was a great opportunity for her. It would have given her, you know, opened up her, you know, public service life, so to speak. She's never really spoken about defence. Uh, my son, Tane, um, who's 16, and I guess he's at that age where he's turning from, uh, you know, a, a boy into a young, you know, a young boy into a young man. So he's very influenced by, you know, what he sees, what I've been through in, in my military service. Um, but he's still pretty well undecided, you know, in terms of what he wants to do. He hasn't said, hey, Dad, I want to join the Army. Um, but that could be an option for him down the, you know, in, in, the, in the future. I don't have a lot of military history in my background. Uh, my dad and, and, and my uncles um, did a bit of reserve time and then my other uncle, um, he, he served a um, fairly lengthy career uh, as an infantryman through Vietnam, Borneo, Korea, Malaya. But um, apart from that, there's not a lot of influence in terms of my family and what the kids see unless you know, they, they can sort of sit down with me. Yeah, definitely. And mate, I usually save this question for a bit later in the in the podcast, and I, I use it on everything else. But the segue, I think, just works straight into it based upon everything that you've just said, mate. If you could go back to Amp Plater on day one of fatherhood and tell him something you know to be true right now, um, what would that be? Um, it's a bit of a throwaway one, but I think 
Ant play to day one would have um, definitely spent more valuable time uh, with my kids. So we all talk about how quickly they grow up. Um, but when you're in the daily grind of, you know, raising babies, young kids, you know, toddlers, um, you know, early teens, you know, you're in the grind and you, there's not a lot of retrospect there. You're just getting, you know, almost surviving day to day. And don't get me wrong, like, you know, um, you know, I spent so much time away. Sometimes I, you know, look back and, you know, my kids were essentially raised, um, you know, by my ex-wife, you know, for, for long, long, long periods. So, um, but I guess that's the sacrifice you make as, as a soldier in terms of, you know, having a family. But, yeah, just value um, every minute, every day, um, you know, teach them good lessons. I always try and leave my kids, you know, with, with, a, with a lesson or with a, with a conversation and, um, you know, in terms of making smart decisions, regardless of what situation you're in, you know, whether it's getting in your car with your friends or, you know, going out or your education or where you see yourself in the future, just take that time to, to step back and, and make smart decisions. So, um, yeah, to, I guess just to just reiterate, is, is that quality time with your kids? It passes so quick. Um, you know, my daughter and, and my son were sort of um, one minute there, hey, Dad, drive us here, take us there, you know, the sport here. And then overnight it's almost like, okay, she's got a licence, she's yep. at uni, she's got a boyfriend, she plays AFL. Um, my son, Tane, is, you know, he plays basketball, he's in his cricket, he's got his friends. And it's almost like I now need to forecast one to two to three weeks in advance in their diaries to get time with them. Um, yeah, so value every minute. It, it goes super fast and it's precious. Mate, I love that response. And Mate, can you tell the audience a little bit more about your role at the Canberra Raiders and being part of the performance uh, management team? Yeah, for sure. Um, so it's reasonably early days. So uh, through a friend of a friend, um, Ricky got in contact with me, Ricky Stewart, the coach, and uh, after, because um, as soldiers, um, you know, whether it's, you know, an infantry guy or whatever corps you're from, whatever amount of time you've, you've served, we have um, skills that are super valuable to, uh, you know, organisations because of our man management, because of our can-do attitude, because of our, you know, solution focus. Like we're the ultimate solution, uh, you know, or problem solvers because we have thrown, you know, so many problems at us in defence. People want that information and want that core knowledge. So... Ricky was after um, someone with a military background, you know, he's been after this for a couple of years and we've had conversations since and he tried to develop a relationship with the 2nd Commando Regiment, but given the lads, the uh, op tempo, training tempo, um, professional development tempo is so high in the unit, the unit just didn't have the time to invest. So um, given that I was out, uh, you know, I've been out for you know, three years now, but still heavily involved in the regiment and the Commando Trust and obviously all those skills and attributes. The first time I sat down with Ricky and, you know, he threw some questions at me and it was a bit overwhelming to be honest because he brought his whole coaching and management team and there's me. Um, but he was throwing these questions at me and, like, it was just – it was like we're old mates and we're similar age, but it was like we're old mates having a discussion and, like, you know, I'm literally scratching the surface on what I can offer um, his team so we're doing things at the moment like, um, yeah, so I'm, you know, going through and reviewing his um, pre and post game, um, you know, review, how they go through their AAR for one of a better term and, and a hot wash. 
Um, it's because they're, you know, the, the playing group, they're, they're such young uh, men, um, you know, trying to, and as you know, with an AAR, it's about audience input. It's about your call sign, your platoon, your section, whatever. Everyone having buy-in, which is going to value add um, to the organisation. So I've sort of stripped back and I've presented Ricky with a couple of options in terms of, hey, this is how we ran an AAR post an operation. Um, this is how we got buy-in from um, team members, um, you know, from the call sign. Um, you know, these are the outcomes. These are the key attributes. You know, this is, this is the, and the key one probably for him is the historical data they can collect from each game, each exposure, which they can reach back onto or into next time they play that team or the next season or, um, you know, post-season, pre-season review. So, um, Sorry, that's my dog just coming off. <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. Um, yeah, so, uh, and the second thing, well, I'm scratching on at the moment is um, the, Ricky made a really good point on day one and he said to me, or he said to the group and it was in a team meeting that you've got to earn the right on the footy field and I, I, I you know, transfer this to a military um, setting as well. You've got to earn the right on the footy field to run certain plays to, uh, you know, be in a certain position to, you know, do, do a try-scoring uh, move or you know, in attack and defence. You've got to earn the right to do that. And it's through all the little one percenters that we do it gets us to that position in the field. Right, boys, we're now going to run this because we've earned that right. No, no different in battle or in, in training in, in a military sense. You know, you've got to set the conditions um, to be able to effectively, you know, target your enemy for one of the things. Um, so we're going through some, uh, and I call it a one percenter in terms of some breathing methods, because yep. uh, it's all about positive, timely, accurate decision making for the guys on the field, and the way they achieve that is by lowering their heart rate or oxygenating, um, you know, their blood, which goes to their brain, which allows them to make better decisions. So um, yeah, I expose the lads to this uh, only this week, in fact. Um, so we're pretty excited on it's it's a long-term process it's not overnight you know as you know with breathing methods it's you know you need to practice 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 repetition 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 until it becomes second nature or muscle memory Um, so yeah I've exposed the lads to that but um, we've got some really cool plans in place uh, that I'm presenting to Ricky and his coaching team Um, but it's all from the foundations that I learned and then you know I guess most uh, guys in the military have as our core values, our, our qualities and, and, and man management skills. Um, and I guess the last thing that Ricky said to me, because the team environment in, in the Raiders, you know, there's there's three or four or five coaches that speak all the time. So the players, you know, they get into this routine where they're hearing and seeing the same faces. Yep. But to bring someone else in that I can, they can build a rapport with me and I can build a rapport with them. So there's trust both ways. So if I challenge them on something, um, hey, they know Ant's got our back because we've built this rapport. We, we trust in him. So let's try this. Because you know, there's a lot of senior players in the Raiders, you know, some boys who, you know, play for Australia, New Zealand, um, England. There's some senior boys there. And obviously trying to, you know, reshape them into, hey, try this, boys, it works because of this reason. This is the science. This is the technique. Um, it's definitely a challenge. But, you know, uh, I grew up being a Raiders fan. Um, and to land this job, um, you know, some days I, I pinch myself when I get out of bed in the morning, you know, going to work and, 
and just working with the caliber of athletes that um, that I have the opportunity to at the moment. So yeah, super exciting times. Yeah, mate, that, that's definitely um, sounds interesting. Do you get to travel with the team as well, or is it just sort of a Monday yeah. to Friday sort of thing? At the moment, it depends on COVID because um, of obviously travel restrictions, numbers, um, but obviously that's easing. So the boys are at home this weekend to the Eels, and then we're off to Townsville. Um, for the Anzac weekend, so I'll, I'll travel with the lads on uh, Anzac weekend. Pretty excited because, um, uh, you know, I'm doing a couple of presentations about Anzac Day and, you know, what Anzac Day means to a soldier and, you know, it's the fabric of our nation and it's our most precious day. And I've got a couple of presentations lined up for next week, probably once we get our feet on the ground uh, up in Townsville, um, probably sort of 12, 24 hours before the game, I'll um, do another presentation, to, um, you know, shape the boys and, and get them fired up for the Cowboys. So exciting. Yeah, mate. I reckon you could get a good video reel from um, the database and, mate, get a, get a good speech there and, you know, oh, give yeah. a bit of history. And, um, mate, it should be, yeah, pretty good. Um, pretty yeah. Much, yeah, run up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's fine balance because Ricky said to me, you know, the players can get too emotional before a game. So it's hitting that right time, you know, when to prime the boys. Yeah. Uh, it's like when you go on a mission your rehearsals and um you know you don't want to pick too early when you're going out the gate or whatever because you, know, you have 6 12 24 hours in front of you so it's a fine line of uh, reaching into their emotions um but then allowing them to focus on the game um with that brief in mind and with the game plan um they're going to bring to the day yeah, definitely. And, mate, you mentioned about the breathing techniques that you've passed on to the coaching staff and the boys. Is there a specific, um, you know, method or that you're following or is there an app that you use or something that the audience might be able to look into and mm-hmm. explore further? Yeah, so there's two techniques. And uh, there's, as you know, there's a lot of techniques in terms of, you know, what you can use in terms of um, controlled breathing Um Controlled breathing is exactly that. It's just having the ability to control your breathing. So when we're in um, you know, game situations, your breathing's out of control because you're just gas, you're trying to get breath in. Yeah. So the, the, I guess the first principle I went through with the boys is just sometimes it's just a matter of stopping uh, and listening to your breathing because that's a method of control in itself, which is going to lower heart rate, which is going to provide oxygen to the blood, which is going to stimulate those positive, timely, accurate decisions. Um, that's my pattern. I, I drummed into the boys last week and they're like, yeah, we've got it, we've got it. But you know what it's like, it's repetition. Yeah. So um, the two methods I went through, one's the 448 count. Um, so it's essentially, and it's not, it doesn't necessarily need to be uh, four seconds in, four seconds hold, eight seconds exhale. It's just a four count in, hold for four, 1,000, 2,000, 2,000, 4,000, and then exhale for four, emptying your lungs three to four cycles, and then go back to normal breathing. Um, so three to four cycles of that, it's going to take you around about a minute um, to do, and then you can return back to normal breathing. By that time, um, you know, your heart rate's going to be lowered. You can, you know, uh, you know make more effective, timely, accurate decisions. Um, and as we say to our, you know, our kids, you know, calm down, because it also decreases your stress levels and your anxiety as well, being able to control your breathing. Um, the second method uh, I threw at the boys was the 8-8 eight, eight count. So it's essentially inhale for 8, exhale for 8. So there's no breath hold. It's just inhale, exhale, three to four cycles, return back to normal breathing. 
Now, you know, you can do this, you know, you might do it for uh, one complete cycle, which is three to four cycles of either of those methods, you know, once every 10 minutes, just to try and calm yourself down, um, you know, oxygenate the blood, get it going to the brain to make those, you know, better decisions, reduces anxiety and stress as well. I mean, sometimes in the morning, if I know I've got a big day, I just lay there and listen to myself breathe. And, you know, I might do that for two or three minutes. I might have some music going or, um, you know, uh, listening to my dog bark or whatever and just trying to calm, you know, myself down. It's just a matter of, you know what, I'm just going to breathe and listen, you know, in, inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale. Um, and it, I find it really calms and lowers my heart rate. The other point um, I'll quickly make is people say you need to breathe in through your nose or your nostrils and then out through your mouth. Science has proven it doesn't matter how you get that breath or that oxygen in, whether it's through your mouth, whether it's through your nose, as long as you're getting it in and you're belly breathing as opposed to um, chest, the diaphragm breathing, yep. so in and pumping out your stomach, um, as opposed to chest breathing is, is, is more effective. Yeah, it's, I heard that I had a physio. Um, I got lower back injuries and stuff like that, and I was doing a lot of you know the chest breathing type thing, and it wasn't until I actually focused and learned how to get those deep breaths you know in the belly yeah. that all the pelvic floor and everything else was actually firing again and you know yeah. it was a game changer to try and actually get that breathing you know down down pat and, yeah i mean because so. we're all you know, breathe through your chest get the breath in and so we just fill our lungs as opposed to getting it down through your diaphragm yeah. um, which has a lot of neurological um you know effects in itself in terms of um you know, calming your central nervous system as well. So that's part and getting that oxygen to the blood, which is, you know supports those um, decision making, uh, that decision making process. Yeah, like there was this um, this thing I did with her. It was, it was, I think it's used very heavily with the U.S. veterans, and it's called tremor therapy. I think, yeah. or, or something like that. And you're basically putting yourself in. St- stress hold positions like a squat hold a plank a, a bridge or something like that and you're actually making yourself convulse like because yeah. you're holding it to that level and then you're then getting that same breathing technique and you're yeah. actually really slowing it down until yeah. it basically starts going uncontrollably yeah it's, it's bizarre that you can change those i guess neuro or neural perceptors from you know maybe a knee injury or a back injury or any mental okay. health stuff and completely change those links between the brain and you know whatever injury it is that you're facing yeah. so i follow a um uh an app called romward so it's range of movement workout of the day romward um and that's exactly what it is mate it's like you know you're going through mobility you know activation stretching whatever term you want to use but it's long extended holds so you'll hold you know, like two plus minutes or you know um and on the thursday um, which they call the warrior routine. It's like four to five minutes per hold. So mm-hmm. you're like placing, you know, um, your, your tendons and your, your hamstrings and your muscles in stressful positions, yeah. but you're rolling your breathing at the same time. And the reduction in tension as you go through that two to three minutes or four to five on the Thursdays is pretty amazing. Like you can really get the, the muscles and the sinew and everything to really dial in and, and relax over those longer holds. And incorporate, um, you know, controlled breathing as they cue you through. Uh, it's a great tool to unwind, de-stress, and control your breathing. 
um, you know, walk away feeling super, um, super better and, and energized. Yeah, mate, I, I talk about an app very similar, uh, GoWod, which is yeah, I'm yeah. assuming very, very close yeah. to it and um, does the same thing. And exactly. um, mate, yeah, I've been using it for about the last six months and, you know, I, I, I fell in love with it and I tried a few beforehand and I'm not sure that RunWod was one of them, but the testing protocols that you had to do when you first signed in and then it adjusted your program based upon yeah. your deficiencies. And then yeah. also, you know, if I was going to the gym to do deadlift, squat or bench press or something, I enter in my workout. It pr- provides my warm-up routine based upon what I'm doing. And yeah. then it gives me a cool down based upon what I've just done, which I, I found was just absolutely fantastic. Oh, mate. It's, um, you know, I, 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 uh, my PT athletes, I always tell them, you know, 25% of your day should be spent uh, in mobility or, you know, stretching. Um, you know, so if you train for an hour, you've got to do 15 minutes of mobility. Yeah. Um, because through mobility become, um, comes more um, movement efficiency. Through more movement efficiency becomes, you know, more strength, more power because you can lift heavier, move stronger things because you're more mobile through the hips, shoulders, knees, you know, uh, et cetera. So, uh, you know, I don't know, you know, like, um, if you know, I guess functional fitness, you know, everyone wants to do those, those complex movements. Um, but it's like, okay, well, show us your you know, shoulder mobility. How's your hip mobility? Can you get into a full depth squat? I know that. Okay, well, let's invest in mobility every day. It's part of your routine. Just get into before you go to bed, which some people can wind down to, or whether you want to do it, um, you know, first thing in the morning or pre-session, but just invest in that 25% of your training day to mobility. Yeah, mate, it's definitely a game changer. And I sort of put mobility down to the same sort of area as Pilates. And, and it's something I started about six months ago as well. And it's not until you stop doing it that you yes. know it's working. It's not like, yep. like you can go to the gym and, you know, get a mad pump and, you know, you know you've done something and you walk yep. out of there on top of the world. But then with Pilates and mobility, it's not until you stop for a couple of weeks that you go, fuck, that was actually, you know, yeah, working. Amazing. You know, it's- yeah. It's funny. I've got a, uh, well, he's a recently new PT client. I've been working with him for about five weeks now. And, um, you know, I set those routines early about mobility and he's about five weeks into um, you know, a fitness journey, I guess Robert does. But he said to me this morning, I said, oh, how's your mobility routine going? Oh, look, I'm not really noticing any changes. And I'm like, mate, like mobility is a long-term game. It's not what you do today and you're not going to feel it tomorrow, the next day or the next day. It's in three, six, 12 months' time, you're going to go, wow, my shoulder was stuck here, but now I can get it here. Or I can now get in a full-depth squat, whereas I couldn't, you know, three, four months ago. Um, so it's one of those little accessory um, things that, you know, value adds to an athlete or, you know, a, a programmer in terms of you know, getting people to mobilise because um, as we age, again, as you, as, you, as you know, like our mobility gets reduced because we're not moving through that functional fitness as the body should. Um, so, yeah, invest in your mobility team. Yeah, 100%. And, mate, what would you have for advice for fathers out there for achieving their own success with their own health and fitness journey based upon, you know, your special forces background and now the performance and coaching uh, background as well. Yeah. 
So um, I think it's it's a it's a real buzzword in and again like you know as you know as soldiers we we dive into all those one percenters because we know the who the why the when the how and why does it do this and you know what's the intent and what should I be doing etc. But a lot of people, um, especially uh, to our veterans who you know may be struggling through um, mental health, you know. Uh, or you know, anxiety, etc., and they say, "Oh, just get to the gym and start moving. Just, just get to the gym and start moving." I sort of, I sort of don't like that because, you know, deep down, or just taking a deeper snapshot, you need to get to the gym with some intent. Like you need to go with a plan. Don't just go and start moving. That's great. You know, um, you know, if, if you're really struggling, just getting out your front door and going for a walk around the block. That could be a great, but have some intent, you know, and it's just about a 30-second thought process. Today I'm going to walk out my door. Um, I've had my coffee. I've had a little bit of breakfast. So I'm just going to walk around the block. That's planning. That's intent because you're thinking about it, which is, you know, generating a thought process, which is generating, you know, positive um, flow through the brain, through the body. I'm going to walk around the block. I'm back now. You know, that's intent. And same when you go to the gym, don't just turn up and, and you know, not have a plan, not review your your daily training program or um, your weekly program. So my advice would be is, yes, it's great to move, but have a plan uh, and go to the gym um, or your, your garage gym um, with intent because it, it's, double, it's double-sided. Once you've um, you know, not only achieved that, training for the day and you get that buzz but you've also achieved your intent for the day um, which is a double-headed uh you know you know positive approach to me so um that's that, that's what i would say to, to the lads out there who um yeah, may be struggling or looking for some some opportunities to improve is go to the gym have a plan have some intent and recognize what you've achieved post that yeah mate Great answer. And mate, I highly appreciate you coming on the show today. Um, and for everyone listening, I think some of the key takeaways that Ant has mentioned is, you know, planning, intention, mobility, breathing, and, you know, overall, I guess, reflection on, on what you have actually done as well. So, mate, I think there's some absolute gold there for all the dads and everyone else listening. Um, and, Mate, where can people find you and what do you have coming up that people might be able to get involved in? Yeah, so um, on Instagram, I'm Ant uh, Plater. Also got my Double uh, double Tap The Operators Podcast, which is uh, on Instagram as well, Double Tap The Operators Podcast. We're also on YouTube as well. We've got two episodes up and a number of live streams that I've done, which is, um, you know, some absolute, uh, some real nuggets in there if you want to, you know, have a look at that. Um Exciting times for me. We've got Anzac Day. That's pretty much my focus at the moment. So um, obviously with the Raiders, we're travelling to Townsville. But oh, it's funny I'm going back to Townsville because that's where I started my soldiering. And I've, I've, I haven't been to an Anzac Day service, um, you know, when I left Townsville in uh, 98. And I haven't been back for an Anzac Day service since. So yeah, right. going there in this environment to go back under this is pretty special. So yeah, Which battalion were you at in Townsville? Uh, the first battalion. Oh, yeah. I was at two for uh, the first four years. So, yeah. Mate, yeah, the same no. thing. I, I haven't been back to Townsville since either. And it'd be great to get back up there one year and yeah, absolutely. Uh, do a service. So. Yeah. 
Mate, well, I'll make sure that all those details are on the show notes. So anyone listening or if you're in a car running, gym or whatever you're doing right now, make sure you check out the description. You'll be able to get in touch with Ant and go have a listen to his podcast or watch him his YouTube videos. And um, mate, highly appreciate you making the time to come on the show today and good luck for the Canberra Raiders this weekend. Hey, thanks, mate. Absolute pleasure. And uh, hopefully we can chat again soon. Thanks, mate.